Pastor, for your leadership. What we say and do um, here matters. And since we come here and say things and do things, then um, how we speak and do out there should be different. Our reading today comes from First uh, Peter, chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. <clears throat> Hear now the word of the Lord. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him. A living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. In order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of the darkness into this marvelous light, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. God, you have made us a people. People have been called to imitate you. Remind us once more of that reality, of that truth, and the need for us to respond with our lives in a particular and perhaps peculiar sort of way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you are one of those folks who happens to take a look at the inside of the bulletin, you'll see that uh, today's message is entitled Peculiar Stones. In part, it is named as such because Christ our Lord is named by the author of this letter as a living stone. And we as people of the living stone therefore become living stones. 
Have you ever seen a living stone? D, I'm excluding you from this one. You don't count. <laughs> no, you D's background makes my point moot, so we can't let her speak. Other than D, <laughs> if you've seen a living stone, then we probably should talk about what you were doing in the 60s and 70s. Seriously, with, with very, very few exceptions, uh, it is a contradiction of terms, a living stone. Uh, a stone, as most of us know, stones are inanimate objects. Uh, there can be all sorts of stones that take on uh, characteristics of something that is alive with a little help from something that is alive. Like, put a stone in my hand and I can make it fly. That doesn't mean that it's an actual flying, living stone. Uh, put a stone in my hand at a pond or a lake and I can skip it across water, make the stone skip. The stone's skipping, but that does not mean that that stone is actually alive as most of us think about a thing being alive. Even rolling stones can't get no... Okay, that's enough. And I'm sorry, D, you do matter. And we'll talk more about what you've seen in the past. If Peter feels that it's necessary in this letter to use this image to describe Christ and those who are called to imitate Christ, living stones. For most of us, it's just, it's, that's hard to comprehend. It's, it's strange. The image of rocks as sources of strength are prevalent throughout the Old Testament. Peter, who is actually called the rock, even quotes some of the Old Testament here in, in this part of his first letter. And furthermore, uh, there's this importance of a cornerstone mentioned that uh, most of us understand pretty well. A cornerstone is uh, the most pivotal stone in a building. But you see, if Peter was to leave all the rock talk with, with Christ as cornerstone, that could lend its way to an interpretation where we could say, yeah, Christ is important as a cornerstone that we continue to build off of, but that's about it. However, in naming Christ as a living stone, Christ becomes a cornerstone that the church can build off of while Christ is still alive and still leading the construction. It's odd. I know. And maybe odd's not a strong enough word. It is strange. A living stone. Some would even say that it sounds crazy. And actually, in the old King James Version of the Bible, in verse 9, where our modern translations tell us that we are God's people, Old King James renders it to say that we are a peculiar people. A peculiar people. 
living stone is a peculiar thing. People of the living stone who become like living stones are a peculiar people. Our faith is a peculiar faith. Our God is a peculiar God. Our God can be both fully divine and fully human. Peculiar. Our God can be crucified, dead, and buried, and yet risen and alive. Peculiar. Our God can be the one through whom all things came into being with the utterance of words at the beginning of it all, while still being fully present with us on a Sunday morning in Moore County. Peculiar. Strange. It's crazy. It's odd. And peculiar is not a word that most of us are comfortable with. We don't like peculiar. We'd much rather be normal. We want to fit in. We don't want to be the oddballs. We don't want to be strange. We would rather reserve such words for other people and their gods. But the text tells us that we are living stones who follows the living stone. And that's peculiar. It's peculiar to turn the other cheek. It's peculiar to love our enemies. It's peculiar to believe that the first should be last and the last should be first. It's peculiar to eat with sinners. It's peculiar to deny one's own self and to take up a cross and follow. It is peculiar to break bread and to share a cup with the assurance that God is in our midst. Christians are strange. We are supposed to be strange. People are supposed to look at us in, in, in the way that we, we practice and the way that we live, and they, they're supposed to look at us and say, what a weirdo. People are supposed to look at us and say, something's different about this one. And I, I just can't quite figure out what it is. People are supposed to look at us and say, maybe they are crazy, but something about them just, just gives life. Friends, it is within the strangeness of our message. It is in the peculiarity of our message that its power and its hope is found. There once was this village where the villagers were coming down with fits of insanity. The village elders were having a hard time trying to figure out why everyone was going crazy. Then one day it was determined that the food source had gone bad. It had been contaminated. This grain that was the source of their life 
had become the, the thing that was driving them mad. And so the elders came together and they were forced to make a decision. Either we continue to eat the grain and we all go insane, or we die sane yet hungry. And the decision was made, as you would probably expect, to just keep eating. But just before the elders went out to make the announcement to the people their decision, a messenger arrives from another village. A storehouse of good grain has been found nearby. People who eat of this grain, they do not lose their minds. But the problem was, there was not enough grain in the storehouse to feed the entire village. So the elders, they meet once more, and they make a decision. Some villagers will eat the good grain, while others will continue to eat the bad. When the villagers who eat the bad grain lose their sanity, the other villagers who ate the good grain will be there to remind the insane ones what sanity looks like. They'll be there to remind them what sanity is. The elders knew that if everyone went crazy, then crazy is all that anyone would know. The others were to be there, to be a reminder of what life could be. And there was hope. In so many ways, our world, our society, our culture is that village. And the world desperately needs our peculiarity. The world needs us to speak and live the truth. what is real, what is life, what is good, what is peculiarly good. What if our sanity as we understand it is born out of the love and grace of God? What if our perceived peculiarity and strangeness is actually the reminder that leads to hope for the rest of the world? It is.
as living stones made in the image of the living stone. It is on us to live as the reminder that the world so desperately needs. How? By living. That's how. Living lives that are full of life to the best of our ability, guys. By living lives that are full of life and life-giving to the best of our ability. By doing our best to be Easter people. Full of life, life-giving. You, church. You. You are beautiful and beloved. You are living and breathing building of God. Still being constructed, brick by brick, not by some far off and distant deity, but by one who knows a thing or two about putting things together. A carpenter who is also a cornerstone who knows how to build life. A peculiar carpenter who knows not only how to build life, but who is life. In whose image you were made. In whose image we all were made. So live, give life, and be peculiar. Let us pray. Lord, help us to be living stones. May the world find hope in our peculiarity. In the name of the cornerstone, the carpenter from Nazareth, the living stone, Jesus Christ, that we pray. And all God's people say,